Hey everybody, my name is David Dylan Thomas, and I want to introduce you to a brand new series called The Future of Content. Um, what you're about to hear is part one of a, a lecture I give called uh, Seven Lessons from the Future of Content. And uh, this is a talk I gave back in May um, at uh, Think Company, this great uh, experience design firm in uh, Philadelphia. And full disclosure, I work for them, but I'm not just saying that. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, I gave this talk, um, and I've given it lots of times, but we haven't recorded this time, and what I've done is I've split it up into seven parts, one for each lesson. And so what we're going to do today is I'm going to play the uh, first lesson, and um, we'll split this up over the next few weeks. I'll release you know, each one. So it's basically like a limited podcast series. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Um, and in this first lesson, what you're going to hear about really is how tools are cheap, but time is expensive, how like it's really easy now to produce content. But what's hard is finding the time to produce it because, you know, we all need to eat. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Um, and without further ado, here is part one. Uh, thank you all for coming out. Uh, my name is David Dylan Thomas. Welcome to Seven Lessons from the Future of Content. And uh, I want to thank uh, Think Company for letting us use their beautiful space and for whoever wrote those wonderful signs back there. Those are awesome. Um, and for providing all this wonderful food. Um, so, uh, so tonight I want to talk about the future of content and specifically the subtitle here, We're in This Together Now, which I'll explain further above and beyond the fact that I'm a big, you know, Nine Inch Nails fan. Um, so my name is David Dillon Thomas. I am a senior experience designer at Think Company. Uh, wonderful place to work, by the way. If any of you are interested, uh, check out our page. It's very cool. Um, and if you ever want to tweet at me, I am at movie underscore pundit. For some reason, I thought it would be a good idea to have an underscore in my Twitter handle. It was, it was the mid-2000s. Just don't, don't blame me. Um, but, uh, and if you're interested in kind of tweeting this, the hashtag is future of content. So uh, I want to start out by telling you a little story, a tale of two movies. So back in 1999, I shot a feature film. Um, I was very much on the whole like clerk's kick. Yeah, I can do it with like almost no money. And it cost me about uh, $10,000. Uh, took three years to make. And it made it into two film festivals, one of which I actually had to pay to get into. I found out later that was probably a scam. Um, so fast forward to uh, 2013. And I'm living now in Philly. That was in Baltimore. I'm living now in Philly. And I made a uh, web series uh, with this gentleman right over here, actually, who's very kindly filming. Um, and that took two years. Uh, basically cost me nothing. And it was distributed on two global platforms. So the asterisk there next to it cost me nothing is that um, my editing bay, right? My um, whole editing suite. The biggest expense that um, I, I incurred was deciding to get a really nice laptop for my editing. Like, that was basically the thing. And I probably would have gotten a laptop like that anyway. Now, this brings us to lesson one from the future of content, and that is tools are cheap, but time is expensive. And here's what I mean. So if you look at these devices, right, these are very, very common devices that many of us already own, right? But uh, the fact of the matter is that that is not a phone, that is a camera. That is not a laptop, that is an editing bay. That is not an iPad, that is a camera and an editing bay. In fact, all of these can do both of those functions pretty well and not for nothing can also distribute the content that you create on them all on their own. Um, so what happens is that the means of production 
which for filmmaking and for many other industries used to be very, very, very expensive things that you would have to get lots of people to invest in so that you could have a camera and you could have film and you could have a sound system and you have people to run all of those things are probably now items you have lying around your home, right? You have that iPhone. Now, if you ever choose to use it to shoot a movie or not is up to you, but you've got it now. You've got the camera already. You've got the sound system already. You've got the editing bay already. And this isn't just for amateur filmmakers, right? This isn't just for people who decide, oh, you know what, I want to make a movie this weekend. No, serious companies, corporations, are using this technology in just that way. So this is Telemundo. And they decided one day, you know what, we're going to do one of our national news broadcasts, sorry, international news broadcasts, and we're only going to do it on mobile. We're going to shoot it on mobile, we're going to cut it on mobile, and we're going to distribute it on mobile. And it was a success. And this wasn't just something they did in their studio. No, this was something that was six different countries they were filming stories in. One of those was actually a live feed from one of those countries. And this is a major global network. So you're replacing this extremely expensive van, right, with just stuff that probably every single one of us has in our pockets. But let's say I do want to specialize, right? Let's say I do actually want to buy a camera and not a phone that happens to be a camera. Even that is so much cheaper than it used to be. This is the camera that I used to make that web series. And you know what? It didn't cost nearly as much as the laptop. So even really high quality, or really high quality looking cinema is now much more affordable than it used to be. Now here's the thing that they all have in common. I didn't make any money on either of those projects. In fact, I lost a little money on the film. And notice, the time frame was also very similar. It took two years to make the web series, took three years to make the movie. And in both cases, that was because I had a full-time job, right? I couldn't just quit my job and get paid to and live off of making either of those pieces of content. So while the cost of equipment, the cost of production has come way down, the cost of living, right, of rent, of any of those things has not come down at all. And that's the trick. Right? We live in this new world where it's way easier for me to produce something except for the fact that I still have to go to work, right? Except for the fact that I don't actually have the time to do the thing. So it takes three years to make a movie that I should have been able to shoot in a month. It takes two years to do a web series that I probably should have been able to knock out in a couple of months, right? It used to be that you needed money to get into the game. Now you just need money to spend any real time at it. So how do we do that? How do we get to the point where I'm sustainably actually making this content over time? So there you have part one. Uh, in part two, we're going to talk about how the redistribution of risk changes everything. So crowdsourcing and all of that kind of changes the game for who gets to create content and all the restrictions around content or lack thereof. It's lots of fun. So um, hopefully I will see you next time for the Future of Content podcast. This is David Dillon Thomas. Thanks.